I would love for you to tell us, as you look back over the years and you came to know the Lord, could you see God's hand in your life as Father? Do you have any specific examples or stories of how He did Father you? I would say, honestly, just looking back and thinking about it, really just throughout my whole story, I don't feel like there was ever a time that He was absent at all, especially through the prayer and through the, the conversations that I had with Him personally. I wouldn't say everything that I would personally and selfishly have wanted to come true mm-hmm. did, but everything that needed to happen did. And I was always thankful, you know, good or bad, fortunate or, or unfortunate through my eyes, but everything that needed to happen did. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Apon. And if you are new to this podcast, today's conversation is what I call a trophy of grace. These are men and women who grew up without a dad and they're not a statistic. They come on to share their story of hope and encouragement and hopefully inspiration to you, mom, who are raising children without a dad and you wonder what's it gonna be like. And then I hope you'll bring today your sons along to listen to the story of Antonio Gandhi Golden. He's a former American football wide receiver He played college football at Liberty University, and then he was drafted by the Washington Commanders in 2020 for the NFL draft. And then he retired a couple seasons later, and Antonio is here to tell his story. So welcome, Antonio. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, Antonio. I'm so glad that you're here today. I know your story is going to be encouraging to moms and especially boys who are growing up without a dad and maybe those who have a special interest in football and sports. We'll get into how you got into that in a bit, but let's start with when did your fatherless journey start? Um, Yes, ma'am. I'll say I was around one, a little after. My mom was young when she had me, so my mom was 18. Oh, wow. My dad was a little, yeah, my dad was a little bit older, but, um, so after one, they separated. Um, I have a half-sister that is two years old. So that's basically when it started for me. I'm originally from Chicago. Mm-hmm. My mom moved uh, myself and my brothers from there full-time when I was around 10. She moved a couple years prior just to kind of get on her feet and things like that. But that's basically when my journey started. I never really had a relationship with them at all. Wow. So you were just a little baby. So all you knew was life without a dad. Yeah, well, I had I, I would see him occasionally when I was still in Chicago, just because, mm-hmm. you know, my mom was like, I want you to know who he is. But like he had a whole new family, so it was different. It wasn't something that was super often at mm-hmm. all. Mm, that had to have been hard. So are you your mom's only child? No, I have two brothers. They're twins. Really? Are they yeah. older than you or younger? They're younger, but their their dad's still around. Okay. All yeah. right. Wow. So that had to have been interesting growing up, truly, with a dad, but he's not in your life, and now your brothers have a dad in their life. So. Yeah. 
when even their dad had to be more distant for oh really yeah for different reasons that's a whole different story but yeah their dad their dad was more around as far as like phone calls and things like that but he had his own situations he had to deal with but we still talk to him to this day did he take you under his wing any in the sense that he was somewhat of a father to you or oh yeah for sure absolutely okay he just couldn't physically be around a lot of the time okay so an absent father so that's a lot uh when do you feel that you started to really grieve the loss of your dad when you grow into your story that your dad left when you were a baby Mm -hmm. Uh, what age did you realize that you had a different family for most or did you know other families who didn't have dads in the home was this the norm for you and and your friends or did most of them have solid family units and you were different? I would say when I was in Chicago, it was pretty normal just being in like the inner city. I feel like it's a, it's kind of a known thing that for some reason, just those type of areas are just fatherless. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't mm-hmm. quite looked into it. But for me and my friends in Chicago, it seemed like we all just didn't have our dads around, you know, but I say I started to notice it once I got to Georgia because now I'm meeting different people and I'm kind of outside of the city. I'm more in a more rural area. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends, their parents, not only were they, you know, did they, were they with their dad a lot, but their parents were still together. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's what kind of more in middle school. I say, I started to notice it like, dang, mm-hmm. all my friends, like I would go to my friend's house and their dad's there like cooking or doing mm-hmm. something. I'm like, dang, I'm, I don't know if I've ever seen my dad make a meal, but, you know. <laughs> so how'd you handle that? It was tough. And if I'm being honest, it's still kind of tough to this day. It's just like thinking about it and just having certain feelings about it as far as like why my situation was different. You know, mm-hmm. I don't quite question it as much as I used to, but it still crosses my mind. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's a big thing. What I'm learning and observing and hearing from men is that father loss in a young man. And then when a man grows up, it remains. Even if there was another man in your life that came alongside here and there as a father, but there's just something about that loss of dad that grows up with you. So how did you wrestle with the loss of your dad over time? I know a lot of times boys are quiet about their grief, even though there's a lot of grief going on under the surface. So how did you wrestle? And and for moms who are raising boys, that's their biggest question. They say, you know, my son isn't grieving. He's not talking. He's not saying anything. And And moms like to fix things or they want to make sure they're doing the best job they can do to comfort their child, to provide what they need in this grief process. So how did you wrestle and then how would you encourage moms with young boys in that way? Me personally, I wrestled. I, I would say I'm similar to the situations you just said. I, I really didn't speak about it. I didn't talk about it at all. I was kind of like a real quiet kid as far as like my, my feelings and things like that. Um, So I did it all silently mm. and I never talked to my mom about it. And I think over time that just kind of started to eat me up and my mom would ask me like she was great she would ask me how I feel about certain things and if it bothered me because she would know I would go to my friend's house and she would know you know mm-hmm. obviously 
when your kids meet up, you kind of want to meet their parents and make mm-hmm. sure everything's okay. So she would see the families and see that right. there's, you know, it's a two parent home. Mm-hmm. And that's very different from where I came from. Mm-hmm. So I did it quietly. I really didn't start to voice it until I got older, like much older, like mm-hmm. almost. I was in college at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was in um, therapy at Liberty. And, you know, so I kind of talked about that with my therapist there. And then as I've gotten older, even even more recently, like just with my friends and stuff like that, because they'll ask me about it. Obviously, there's there's always that stereotype or that circumstance where people will say you get successful and then your dad kind of wants to come back into your life mm-hmm. or reach out. So I've kind of had a situation like that, I would say. I don't know what the reasoning is per se, mm-hmm. but it's just. It was weird timing. So I'm honestly, I'm still wrestling with it right now. But for moms, I would definitely say uh, you don't have to try and force it out of your kids, but definitely make them feel like you're open and that they're welcome to talk to you about it. Because as much as I wanted to talk about it, for some reason I didn't. But I think maybe had I done it, it would have been a lot easier for me. I think sometimes kids are kids, too. They don't have the maturity to really mm-hmm. understand what is happening or how to voice the pain they feel. Yeah. And then you start to grow up and your perspective changes. You see life from a whole different view. And you can see the bigger picture of the great greater loss that you had. So I'm sorry for that. And, you know, there's... This father wound is like a splinter that goes into the deep part of our hearts. And sometimes if there's a splinter in our finger, we don't even realize it's there until it starts to get infected. So you you said you got to college. I hear that so many times. So moms, um, you're trying to get that splinter out and it may not rise to the surface until your boys are older, often when they leave your home environment. They're off in college and now they're wrestling. And so what are some of the questions that you were asking? Did you want to know more about the story of your dad? And I know you just alluded to the fact that he did come back into the picture and you're wondering his motives there. So you said you got to meet up with him a little bit in the early days. Tell us a little bit more. Because of the rejection, did you struggle with a fear of failure or fear of more rejection, more abandonment? If you don't mind, I know these are real tender questions. So as much as you're willing to share, please. Yeah, for sure. So the questions I would say I asked, you know, I was, it was more like, because I always felt like I was a good kid, you know, like I always stayed out of trouble. And that was like, in my head, that was like, okay, I'm a great kid. Why wouldn't he want to be around right now? So that was my main question. My mom was always very good at um, reassuring me that it wasn't me and also not down talking my father to allow mm-hmm. me to like make my own assessments as mm-hmm. I got older. Like she never said anything bad about him. You know, it was just mm-hmm. she would just tell me the situation and what it was. But mm-hmm. it was never anything to where she led me a certain way to or from him. She always kind of told me the situation. And let me assess it as, you know, as I saw fit as I got older. That's so wise. Yeah. 
So those are those, that's really the main question I had as far as the failure and like the abandonment. I definitely, as I got older, I uh, got better with that. But yeah, I did. I feel like I did have some of that when I was younger. As far as just like wanting to do good and wanting to be the best and hoping, you know, maybe he could see it or something like that, and you know, change his mind per se. Mm-hmm. But as I got older, you know, I kind of, like I said, my mom, she reassured me all the time that it wasn't anything that I could have done different, you know, I was a kid at the time. So that definitely helped me a lot. And I'm so grateful for that now, you know, now that I'm older, I, I really realize that. That's a good point, Antonio, because just in the normal grief process, we get to a place where what could I have done different? What could I have done to save this, to write the story that would have been a happily ever after and not my dad leaving me or abandoning me, rejecting me. Um, moms, you even probably sometimes, some of you may be tormented with what could I have done different? Um, not only is it a loss for you, but we don't want to see our children hurt. We don't want them to live in what would be classified as a broken home, which there's brokenness in all homes. But again, we want the mom and the dad as God designed families. And so sounds like you had an amazing mom to encourage you that it was not your fault. And yet children still want to feel they had a part in the reason their dad is no longer there. We just really have to fall back into trusting God's sovereignty. He's not for divorce or children not having a dad, but sometimes some of those questions will just never have an adequate answer, we'll never be able to understand, but he does take these broken pieces and he heals our hearts and he can use some of the worst situations for good. You know, moms, when we are raising our children in the home and if there's hard parts to your story, telling the truth of the story without giving a negative view or Just walking that fence sometimes is not easy, but I would say, I think it's in Proverbs that the wife is considered to be the crown of her husband. And so there's some strong admonition for a wife to be careful. She really is the reputation for her husband. And so how a wife speaks and talks of her husband She can undermine her own marriage with the words of her mouth. And they might just be idle words and frivolous words, but she's undermining who her husband is. And I believe even when our husbands are gone, we can do the same thing. So it's really a delicate balance to share their daddy because it's that's a precious treasury for our kids is to know who their daddy is. But then If there is some hard parts of who he is and you want to be um, careful to share those as well for a lot of reasons, but one is to break down generational strongholds. So if, if the dad had some situations that you don't want to just hide in the closet because those skeletons tend to come out later on. And so you want to carefully share that part of the story as well with our kids. So it was interesting for you to share that, Antonio, that your mom shared a good picture, a positive picture of your dad. I think that's helpful 
when our kids are children because sometimes they can't process some some of the truth of their dad and then yet maybe they feel a little robbed when they get older and they feel like wait a second I didn't hear the whole story so it's just hard moms and I just ask the Lord to lead you and how much you share also your children are able to be your confidant be your grief counselor and so we have to be careful with that as well so are there some ways that you attempted to fill the void of your dad do you mind sharing a little bit about that did you struggle with bitterness or anger did you have to work through forgiveness as a kid i wouldn't say i had to really uh, work on my bitterness or anger or feelings towards him it was more when i got older because i had an understanding of it but um as a kid i really i was just a, a shy kid and my my way to get any sort of fulfillment as far as like having like other men in my life was through football mm. my coaches were like super influential on me mm-hmm. and those are the men that kind of took me other than wing other than my grandfather i love my grandfather he's he's a great he, he passed away in 2016 but if anybody was was like a father to me growing up it was my granddad through and through but That's um awesome. yes ma'am but when i moved to georgia i started playing football you know in high school my coaches were that for me and so much to where i i still keep in contact with my high school coaches to this day but they were super influential and they gave me kind of like that father figure fulfillment, you know, times 10. And, you know, just helped me with it, whatever I needed, making always making sure I was okay. Just always giving me words of advice, you know, whether it be in school, you know, football, life in general. So that's kind of where I got that from, for sure. That's awesome. I know in the early days, as my children were growing up, I had a large family. And it was hard to keep up with all the things. And then when they started wanting to play sports, it was super overwhelming to me. How am I going to get them to all the practices? How am I going to get them to their games and all these things? And yet I didn't want to hold them back. And I had a friend say to me, let your son play football. Let him do it. My dad used to say, he would rather play the sport than have you there at all the things. I didn't believe that. And so I tried my best to be at all the things. I did get other people to help getting my boys back and forth to practices. I had a son that also played football, and sadly, because he played at Liberty too in another state. So I wasn't able to be there at all the games. It makes me sad even now that I wasn't able to, but I wasn't physically able to. But God did use those coaches as mentors. So I would say one of the best things that sometimes you can do is to let go and then let your children get involved in some of these other extracurricular activities and sports is one of the best because most often, I'm sure you can get a a terrible coach that can do a lot of damage to a child, but also God handpicks these men who maybe their whole passion for coaching is to encourage the underdog if they just know that their story is similar to yours. I'm sure you've experienced a variety of different coach types, but to have those that, like you're saying, still stand out, you still connect with my kids that went through sports, they would each be able to name a coach or a trainer or someone that was the vessel that God poured himself through to be that father. So Antonio, 
And you said your grandfather was also a great mentor, which is awesome to hear that. So you did have good mentoring, it sounds like. Yes, ma'am. I, I would say so. I, I, my grandfather and also my uncle. So I have two uncles as well. They were cheering you on, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. So what would you say was the hardest part about growing up without a dad? The hardest part, I would say just like the wanting of him to be there. I, I would say I got everything that I could have needed from my other mentors, you know, whether it be my grandfather or my coaches. Mm-hmm. I would get it from different places. But naturally, I feel like I always wanted my just my mm-hmm. own father there. Because mm-hmm. like my, my granddad was like that for my uncles and my mom. You know, he was always there. I, there was never, when I was in Chicago, I don't remember ever there being a day where I didn't see him. Mm. Or they, And there was, ne- up until he passed away, there was never a day where he did not call my mom on the phone. Wow. So much so that when he passed away and we're all together, in, in my head, I'm still waiting for that phone call, you know? Mm. So mm. it was it was one of those type of things. And I wanted that for myself as well, you know? So I feel like that was a hard part, just like why I wasn't able to have it. So, and as I got older, that, that, you know, it started to fade, but when I was younger, I would say that was super big. Yeah. I'm so sorry for that. Oh, that's so hard. Did your mom ever say your dad would be so proud of you? Did she ever kind of say words like that or did you not have that either? No, I don't, I don't remember her ever saying anything like that. I, I feel like, I feel like she knew and she knew that that probably wouldn't have been the best thing for me to hear because if you would have I feel like me personally if I would have heard that like if you would have then he's still alive like he could have and he can but yeah he's not so that is the difference of having a dad that's physically gone and dead versus one that's just absent and somewhere out there and not there so Oh, that's hard. So it sounds like you had an amazing mom. So tell us about your mom. Was she a Christian? And what was the most helpful thing that she did for you and caring for you with this loss? Um, yes, she, she is now. She, I would say she, um, she wasn't always growing up. So my grandmother was a, was a Jehovah's Witness mm. growing mm. up. So that was different. But when my mom moved to Georgia, it was more prevalent here, I'd say. In like in our neighborhood in Chicago, mm-hmm. so and that's when that's when it happened for me too. I had a um, youth pastor, or youth group leader, I'd say. He he approached me in our apartment complex. He saw us throwing the football, and then one thing led to another. We were going to church with him, and then he's talking to my mom, he's talking to me, and my brothers, and all of our friends. So we ended up uh, being with him a lot, and one thing led to another, really. So I'm very thankful for him, too. His name's Tanner Locke. He still lives in Georgia, actually. Okay, so this youth group leader invested mm-hmm. in your family, and is that how you came to faith in Christ? Yes, ma'am. Yes, wow. Ma'am. That's so important for those of you who are listening. I know we have listeners who aren't fatherless. They're just curious of how to come alongside uh, single moms and fatherless, and you know, just taking the time, I there's a line and a song that means so much to me. It only takes a little time to show how much you care. 
It only takes a little time to answer someone's biggest prayer. So just to have the kindness of that youth pastor to come to your apartment and to invest and to save to your mom and and you for eternity, that's beautiful. So who did God use to model manhood for you? Was it these coaches? You're not married at this time yet, are you? No, I'm not. No. Okay. So as you look towards marriage one day, who who has modeled that for you? Was it your grandfather? Was it your uncles? Was it some of these coaches? I would say that I saw most closely. It was definitely one of my coaches. His name is Coach Jonathan Black. The way I saw him love his wife and his kids was incredible. Like mm-hmm. I was just at his house not even, you know, not even 30 days ago. Mm-hmm. We spent the whole day together. Yeah, he is like exemplified like perfectly, I feel like, you know. And he was one of our coaches, but like his wife, she always had a smile on her face. And she mm-hmm. when she sees him, I'm like, oh man, that's amazing. And his kids love him. Like I went to mm-hmm. I went to high school with his kids too. So I would definitely mm-hmm. say him for sure to this day. So that's important, most likely, because you didn't have a father putting as another young man said, he wasn't there putting tools in the toolbox of his life and this story, Anthony Knight, you all might want to go back and listen to his podcast conversation. We can link that. But he was like you, Antonio, where it was the norm where he was growing up. He didn't know anyone who had a dad, you know, and he said, here I get to marriage and I didn't have the tools in my toolbox. And so I think that's one thing that fatherless men, when they get to marriage and when they become a dad, they start to realize there's some parts that are missing. So it's good that you've had this example and this model in your life. So I want to hear your sports story. Of course, everyone wants to hear that. You know, I guess the Lord did give you great success at Liberty, and then you went on to play in the NFL. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I started playing football really as a means to just make friends and kind of do something in high school. And uh, I've always been a naturally, I've always worked hard, mm-hmm. you know, thank God. And my mom <laughs> is for instilling that work ethic in me, but I've always worked hard. So football, I wouldn't say things came easy, but certain things did come naturally. Mm-hmm. And then just with the coaches that I had and just the other kids around to kind of show me what football was about, I, I kind of took to it pretty fast. And mm-hmm. one thing led to another. Ended up starting sophomore year in high school. And then from there, I started till senior year. Finally got some kind of some looks from college more after my junior year and then over the course of my of my senior year. And Liberty was just the perfect place for me. I went on an official visit in um, November, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like their last football game. And they were playing Coastal Carolina. You know, that was like the rivalry game at that mm-hmm. point back, mm-hmm. you know, 2016 and before that. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was an amazing, amazing atmosphere. Uh, got to see all the students and how they interacted with people, how nice everybody was. Mm. Coach Gill and his staff were amazing. Like, mm. I, I truly loved them. They didn't try to pull me into the school with, you know, parties or mm-hmm. women or anything like that. They were like, it's a Christian university. You'll love it here if you feel like you want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And we're here to help you, you know, become not only a man and a football player, but a man of God as well. So that was something that drew my mom in and as well as my grandfather. Mm. He was sick at the time, but, you know, we were, we would talk about it all the time. 
and I ended up committing to Liberty. When, so he passed away in January 2016. I ended up committing right before his funeral in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, and then from there, went to Liberty, and everything kind of worked out for me. And let's see, you know, able to, you know, Coach Freeze and his staff comes in my senior year, and I almost did not play football my senior year at all. But they, you know, they kind of talked me, talked me into it, and got me to come back. And it was definitely the biggest blessing I've had since I was there. And we were able to make some memories and. They, they were able to point to me, you know, and lead me in the right direction. And the Senior Bowl and the Combine, I got invited to those two events, which is pretty high for seniors that are coming out for football. And um, I was drafted that April of 2020 to the Commanders. Wow. That had to have been a big, big moment in your life, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. It was cool. It was it was amazing, honestly. Why did you almost quit before you got to your senior year? If I'm if I'm being honest, I never grew up wanting to be a football player. <laughs> I always I always wanted I, I didn't like I said I didn't start playing until high school. I always I was always real artsy as a kid. Okay. I was real. I was painted. I always did things like that. I always loved the music. All the people that I wanted to be friends with and that I was starting to make friends with played football. So it was and I was always athletic. I mm-hmm. did tumbling and gymna- gymnastics and things like that when I was younger. So I had a decent frame and I had athletic ability. I just didn't have any football knowledge, but I had some people that were able to teach me. So I started playing then, but it was really just to make friends. But okay, I was always really artsy, never grew up. You know, like, all oh, I want to make it to the NFL. That's just what God had for me. And, you know, it worked out, but. I hate saying that because people are like, oh, man. No, what I hear is I think God really puts within us. He he tells us in his word that he creates a purpose and then he creates us to fulfill that purpose. So God used football in your life, but you made friends and you had great success. But I hear you saying that's not really what my great love was. And I think that's okay. But tell us, what was it like to be in the NFL um, when you got there? And what what brought you to the point of deciding to step away? Um, being in the NFL is great if you love football that much. <laughs> it's a lot on your body. It's a lot on your your mental state, which, you know, which was fine for me. But um, you have to really be there and be in it because it's a full-time job and it's a business mm-hmm. more than anything. It's definitely a game. and it's it's something that, you know, spectators are grateful for and that people that play and are part of the business are grateful for. But you have to love it, I would say, to be there long term. Some people can do it. For me, I was like, I enjoy football and I do have a love for football, but there's not much more time I can see myself doing this when I really want to be, you know, exploring my other options in life and not putting my body through this, mm-hmm. you know, through this torture, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. you take care of yourself, but it is hard on your body. So what led me to the point to step away is just, I kind of realized that and I, I prayed and thought about it for a year and a half. It mm-hmm. wasn't anything that was a rash decision. I'm, I wouldn't call myself an irrational person at all. So um, I prayed and thought about it for a year. Um, I tore my hamstring rookie year. 
And over the course of that recovery process into the next year, I was seriously praying and thinking about it. And I went through a whole another year and I was like, okay, I think that was good for me. And I came back for a third year and I went through camp and everything, but that feeling of peace, you know, with leaving and not continuing with my football career was really strong. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what, like, I know it's time. It wasn't even a thought, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that took a lot of courage. But like you said, it was also God clearly leading you. And so I think what I've heard you say, you liked art. And are you back now with the goal to finish your education and get a degree in graphic design? Is that your plan? Yes, ma'am. Along, along with other things. Um, okay. For sure. That's awesome. Well, I would love for you to tell us, as you look back over the years and you came to know the Lord, could you see God's hand in your life as Father? Do you have any specific examples or stories of how He did father you? I would say, honestly, just looking back and thinking about it, really just throughout my whole story, I don't feel like there was ever a time that he was absent at all, especially through the prayer and through the, the conversations that I had with him personally. I wouldn't say everything that I would personally and selfishly have wanted to come true mm-hmm. did, but everything that needed to happen did. And I was always thankful, you know, good or bad, fortunate or, or unfortunate through my eyes. But everything that needed to happen did, mm-hmm. you know, even with my injury um, rookie year. That was the first time I had ever been hurt. Mm. And that opened my eyes to so much. And that allowed me to really talk to him more because at that point I was confused as to what I was going to do and what I was supposed to do because football was pretty much all I did up until Mm. that point. And then just like that was taken away from me in one place. So that allowed me to really like dive into him and just really listen and be more, uh, mindful it's just you know how I was how I was operating so yeah wow so he used suffering for good yeah which was this was a crazy thought to think about I I know personally I would never have wanted it to go that way but yeah it was necessary it was mm. necessary those wilderness seasons we run for our lives we run away from them they're often used to build a foundation for what he has in the next season and then sometimes it's a a come to me season, you know, where he really brings us in or that, you know, hurt little lamb that he carries at that moment. And then he really, in his love, draws us to himself. It sounds like that's what he did for you. So how would you encourage a single mom who's raising fatherless sons? What are some positives that she could include in her parenting? And are there some pitfalls that she should avoid? I would say some positives, just reassurance that there enough because I feel like a lot of times I just felt like I wasn't as much as my mom showed me that mm-hmm. and cared for me and loved me that the feeling that you aren't enough is hard when somebody well in my situation my my father chose not to be there mm-hmm. you know some some kids lose their fathers in different ways but for me I would say because he chose that would making me feel like I wasn't enough mm-hmm. and also so For a situation like mine, I would say that for different types of situations, I would say just to just love on them. Mm. For other types of situations, just comfort for sure. And just let them know that they're loved. 
I feel like hugs are taken for granted for me, you know, and this is my personal experience, but hugs were always something that like kind of, were kind of like a reset button and allowed me to, you know, really kind of ease my mind a little bit. So just small things like that, but mm-hmm. ultimately uh, that, and just to, just to talk to God, even if you don't want to do it with your mom or pray with your mom, I would definitely say just talking to God and, Giving, giving everything to him with allows, you know, for ease of mind and mm-hmm. just to listen because he'll, he'll let you know it, it won't be an audible deep voice like on the cartoons or something like that, but mm-hmm. you'll, you'll definitely know, you know, as far as my experience goes. So. Mm-hmm. so that was some good advice for fatherless young man is listen to the Lord, press into the Lord. Was there any time where you wanted to push away from God because he could have changed the situation for you? Uh, if I'm being honest, yeah, I would say there, there were definitely times, more when I was younger. It's just, it's just tough, especially on, on younger kids because like, like we've talked about before, you want that. And especially if you see it, you're, it's almost confusing, mm-hmm. especially when you don't know what you have done or what you could have done. So. It's one of those things where you feel like someone took something away from you. Mm. I'm sorry for the pain. I know we've navigated probably some tender spots today. And so thanks for your transparency and your honesty. I know a lot of young men look up to you, Antonio, and um, you still have so much ahead that I know God is still writing your story. And it's always hard to understand and process pain that he allows into our stories. So thank you for trusting God and for the courage that you've taken to follow the Lord and to let him lead in some of the decisions you've made. And sorry for the injury in the wilderness season, but it sounds like that was what God was using probably as maybe a a pillar point in your life. So as we close, is there anything else that you'd like to say? Any other parts that we're leaving out that you would like to add to this conversation? No, I think everything went great. I I enjoyed your questions. It's the first time I really talked about it in a while. Well, good. Well, I know sometimes moms and your children feel like they're the only ones who are going through this. You know, no one can relate to my story. No one can understand. So here you have a young man who's dad didn't die, but he literally chose to walk away. And and that will be a lifetime of wrestling, Antonio, no doubt about it. The thing that stands out to me that you said that God never left your side. And to realize that, that he is an ever-present help. He does keep his promise to be a father to the fatherless. I know a lot of times the enemy does not want us to believe that. And especially when you want a dad who is tangible who's physically there cheering you on and and telling you you're doing a good job son it's hard to transition in your mind and your emotions to a father that doesn't have skin on but i would encourage you moms to point your children to jesus point your children to god as father because i do believe with everything in me that it will make a difference And then entrust your children to a God who is father and will father. And that is often 
ways beyond our control as a mom. And so we sit back and we pray and we watch and we trust that God is going to be a promise keeper. So Antonio, thank you so much for your story, your life. You're a very gentle giant and I'm sure your mom so proud of you. And I just thank you for, for your story and your testimony of faithfulness. And moms, I would love for you to share this podcast with others. Maybe you have a son who likes to play football or wants to make friends. And Antonio says he started playing just to make friends and look at what God did along the way. So please give us a rating, give us a review. And more than all of that, we would love for you to join us again next week. Until then. Just keep resting in the promise that God is a father to the fatherless and he is a defender of the widow. And that is any woman who's been left alone. Mm -hmm.